Welcome to the Good Monsters Podcast. My name is your host, Cody Lawrence. If you'd like to support this podcast, please consider following us on our social media, on Instagram, on YouTube, and rating, commenting, and subscribing anywhere you can, as well as sharing it with your friends or your loved ones so we can help spread the gospel and challenge Christians to be more Christ-like. This is episode 19, Unity or Die. Thanks for tuning in, and stay tuned for the episode. Again to the Good Monsters podcast, and again my name is Cody Lawrence. There has been a lot of talk about unity in the country recently, and it doesn't seem to be dying down. Because of this, I thought it would be good to give it a shot to talk about the actual definition of unity and also the biblical definition of unity and the kind of unity we are supposed to have. So, in this episode, we are going to be discussing some politics, but don't let that scare you off. The view that I will be expressing is biblically based, and it's not politically based. I think uh, myself, as much as I am aware of, I try to base my politics off of Scripture, and I think everybody else should do the exact same thing. What is sinful to do is letting your politics or your social perspective or your own perception of morality change what you think about scripture. So it shouldn't be that way. It should be that you let your scripture, that you let the scripture influence your politics and your social perspectives and your morality and everything else. Because if scripture is true, then it follows that Uh, It should influence these other things. Okay, let's get into it. Back to unity. We can unify under a lot of things. Uh, The dictionary definition of unity is a state or quality of being one or united into a whole. Uh, You can also say that it's the state of quality of being in accord or in harmony. All right. So we know exactly what that definition means. And so I think it's valuable right now because especially one side of the political spectrum is talking about unity and also acting in such a way that's very much not uniting. And as a matter of fact, this makes me think of the Jeep commercial at the Super Bowl. Uh, Man, listening to that commercial brought tears to my eyes, uh, or at least (laughs) seeing the imagery brought tears to my eyes. It was so beautiful seeing this gruff old man driving his American car to this American church and lighting a candle. And man, it it was beautiful just enjoying the country that God gave us and worshiping him. It was beautiful. Uh, But the the narration that was over the video (laughs) was, was not so beautiful. As a matter of fact, it was uh, it was quite vague, and it didn't actually say much. the The point of the commercial was to say that we should all unite in the middle, and 
uh, I think if you're if you're talking about the left and the right, uh, uniting in the middle is not something that the left has historically done, and it is something that the right in the past few decades, at least in my opinion, has historically done a little too much. For example, let's say the uh, the the very obvious biblical sin of abortion. It proponents of abortion have changed the the what abortion actually is from murdering a child to in their minds it's it's not about the child the child's probably not even human but even if they are what's more valuable than that human life is the rights of the mother to make whatever decision she wants even though that applies absolutely nothing whatsoever to any of the other decisions we make in our lives, like the the rights of some random woman can trump any other human being. What? It's, it's not consistent with the way we live our lives. And ultimately, the Christians haven't fought enough against that. And so we have met them to be like, all right, we'll legalize abortion, I guess. Here's another example. Same-sex marriage. It used to be, man, even back when I was a kid, it was uh, socially unacceptable to be homosexual. And as the years progressed, it became more acceptable. And it, it seemed like Christians would say things like, okay, okay, we'll allow you to do whatever you want in the privacy of your own homes, but just don't don't impede on the way I live my life. That's meeting in the middle. Because prior to that, and I'm not saying that this is a good thing, but consider history prior to this, you know, hundreds of years ago, or, or maybe even more recently, uh, homosexuals were killed for being homosexual, right? Homosexuals were murdered just because they were gay. And it, it is meeting them in the middle... <laughs> To say, okay, we will allow you to exist, right? We'll allow you to exist, but just don't, don't impede on the way we live our lives, okay? And then later, as the movement grew, it became more, uh, okay, okay, we'll allow you to, you know, be public and um, f- flaunt your gayness and we'll even... Uh, not say the word gay like it's a bad thing, you know, like we used to do in high school, like that's gay. <laughs> we'll even not say that uh, because we understand that it's offensive. So again, we're meeting them. It's not in the middle though. It's we're, we're, we're continuing to move the line closer and closer to where they want to be, which is uh, we want to be totally accepted, but not only accepted, we want to be honored and praised for uh, how we identify. And this continued to happen. And look, now we have same-sex marriage. And not only that, but we have uh, marches for, what is it, the Gay and Queer Black History Month march where they're chanting to burn down Washington, D.C. If you haven't heard of that, look it up. It's it's a mess. So anyway, uh, it seems like the right, and Christians in particular, are giving way too much ground to the enemy. And what I mean by enemy is people who are living like 
they are of the world, a worldly people instead of godly people. Christians need to be supporting godly values, Christian values, and they need to oppose with everything that is in them anything else, any kind of sin. We not only have to flee from, which is what a lot of Christians are really good at. Okay, I'm I'm not going to be involved in this. I'm just going to let this happen. I'm going to turn the other cheek. I'm going to be gentle and meek and not let myself get involved in this stuff and just, you know, pray to the Lord that he takes care of things. Well, here's a newsflash. One major way that God takes care of things is through his people. And you're not doing a good job if you are allowing this stuff to happen in your family, in your community, in your church, of all things, and ultimately in the world. And so if this country is going in a less Christian direction, guess whose fault it is? It's our fault. So the point of this Jeep commercial was to say that we all need to meet in the middle. And I think the imagery that it used was, was man, it was so beautiful. But the the language of meeting in the middle was was vague and absolutely atrocious because the thing is the left is not interested in meeting in the middle on just about anything. They will say it, but then they won't really do it because to them, and this is the definition of unity that people tend to follow today. Not the actual definition of unity, but a perverted, changed definition of unity. And here's what it is. You need to unify with us. Uh, by changing your belief, no matter what, even if we have to force you, so we can all have unity. That's what it means. So we're creating unity through absolutely destroying our enemies or through shaming them or kicking them off social media or getting them fired from their jobs, whatever we have to do. And, And honestly, when you think about it, obviously it's not even unity. They don't want to see these people change their minds. They want to see these people punished. Because look, if we're Christians and we believe that same-sex marriage is not the way God intended the world to be, that is one of the greatest sins we can ever commit to somebody who believes the opposite. And they would want us to be destroyed, which is why they call up employers and get them kicked out of their jobs and all the other things I mentioned. And that's not what Christians do. It's not the moral thing to do. They want their enemies destroyed. But Christians should be different. Christians should want their enemies to be saved. Christians should want their enemies to come to know the Lord. The Bible says, pray for your enemies, love your enemy." And that's what we should be doing as Christians. And that's what the world should be doing. It would be a better world if people actually wanted unity. But the truth is, to receive unity, the solution is not to meet in the middle of anything. The solution is to meet where the truth is. Because let's say one side is correct and one side is wrong. Meeting in the middle would make both sides wrong. If both sides are wrong, meeting in the middle would still make them wrong, right? And so it doesn't, like meeting in the middle is a ridiculous notion because what we should all be interested in is pursuing truth, not pursuing unity. Now, the thing is, if we all pursue the truth, then we will get unity as a, uh, as a byproduct. If we are all pursuing loving our neighbors and following God as Christians, and loving our enemies 
and 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 fighting against evil and pursuing truth, we will have unity with each other. Now, what that also means is it is impossible for you to have unity with your enemy. And that's for Christians too. God does not have unity with those who are not saved through his son, Jesus Christ, and his life, death, and resurrection. God does not have unity with them. I heard probably the best quote I have heard in a long time today. And that is this. We basically have two options for how to live our lives. We can be on fire for Jesus on earth. Or after we die, we can be on fire for Jesus. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Uh, man, we can either be on fire for Jesus on earth or after we die, we can be on fire for Jesus. Right? Those are our only two options. And so we can either be united in truth or we can be united in death. Those are the only two options. Uh, and that's uh, physical and spiritual death. Because if we're not pursuing the truth, if we're not pursuing God, then the then the the goal where we end up is hell. The other option is to be united with God. So there is no such thing as global unity, which is what the left at least seems to be saying until all evil is vanquished and God is king. Even under an earthly ruler, if they were to destroy all of their enemies, there still would not be unity because oftentimes they are the ones creating the disunity. They are the ones creating the racism. They are the ones creating the segregation. White privilege, for example, is an idea concocted entirely by the left and by uh left-leaning, self-hating white people. And it's, it's evil. It's segregation. It's bad. Critical race theory and all of, the, and all of its, its offspring is evil and it is segregation and it is racist. And that's not how you unify people. You don't unify people by lifting up one race above other races. That's literally what racism is. <laughs> <laughs> and so we have this idea of unity where you want to destroy all your enemies and um, and then pretend to say, like, come, come join us. But that's not what unity looks like. Biblically, we can look at Acts 4.32, which is one of the most beautiful pictures of unity, I think, in Scripture, where in early Christianity, in the early church, it says here that in this situation, all believers were of one heart and one mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything that they had. Uh, I, I want to focus in on this idea of one heart and one mind. When I was a youth pastor, I did, this was before I was married, I did a sermon illustration one time that actually turned out to be true. It was about marriage and also friendship. But it's cool because I think it's accurate. <laughs> and uh, I hope it continues to be accurate. And here it is. Whenever you have a close friendship with someone, or maybe you have a family member, or it could be, and I think it especially applies to marriage, the closer your relationship is with that person, the more aligned your desires and decisions will be. So the closer you are in a relationship with a person, 
the more aligned your desires and your decisions will be. So the closer you are to your wife, the more likely you are to want the same things and to want to do the same things. The farther away you are or the less unified you are with your wife, the farther away your desires and decisions will be from each other. So I am noticing just in the very brief time that I've been married so far that my wife, Abby, and I, are our desires are becoming a little more aligned over time. Just over the past couple months that we've been married, our desires are aligning. We're coming, we're becoming closer together. And I think exactly the same things can happen with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And the same thing I think happens with God. The closer we are to God, the more that our decisions become the decisions that he would want us to make. Now, sometimes, just like in our other relationships, we can stray from those decisions. We can mess up and we can have our own disunified desires from the good. But ultimately, the the closer we are to God and the closer we are uh, to our brothers and sisters in Christ through in the spirit and through Christ, the more of one heart and one mind we will be, and that is true unity. Also, in 1 Corinthians 1.10, it says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you made that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. So in 1 Corinthians here, first, it's an exhortation, which kind of means that you can choose to do this or not. If you are being exhorted to all agree, then through Jesus, you can be transformed into a person that agrees with each other. <laughs> and I think, you know, if we're all pursuing truth and we are all actually, yeah, if we're all pursuing truth, then we should be in agreement on uh, ideally everything. But because we're in the world that we're in, that cannot completely happen. But I think we can move towards that direction. We can agree with each other more and more by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there will be fewer divisions among us. We can choose to do that and we can work towards those things because we are pursuing truth. But if we're not pursuing truth and we just call ourselves Christians, then we'll never have unity with each other. And clearly, it is commanded in Scripture that this kind of unity is a good thing. But I think there is another part to unity that I mentioned earlier. You cannot have unity with your enemies. Now, Christians, like I said, need to be praying and doing their absolute best to bring God's enemies into him. We need to be out there evangelizing, teaching people the truth, and trying to bring them to us. But the fact is, nonetheless, they are friends of the world and enemies of God. And we are the children of God and they are our enemies. And so if they, if if God's enemies are trying to destroy the world, <laughs> if they are trying to implement laws that are anti-biblical, we need to do everything in our power that is biblical 
to defend. Uh, A lot of Christians are under the impression that we have to be weak and gentle in the fact that, or in in the sense that we are weak in our gentleness. Although that's not what gentleness means. I just posted an Instagram video on that, so check it out if you haven't. But a lot of Christians have this idea that loving our neighbors and loving our enemies means we cannot confront them on things, and that's simply not true. Jesus confronted the Pharisees every single time he encountered them, but he still loved them. And I think we can do the same thing because true love defends what it loves. If you do not defend what you love, you do not love it. And I think that's something that Christians don't understand. And so we can be unified with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And honestly, that kind of love that defends the things it loves is the same kind of ferocious love that can have better unity with each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. But doing that means that we need to be able to stand up against the evils of the world, which is something that Christians have not been good at in America for a long time as a community. We have not had unity in that. We've not had unity in the right things. So to mirror the call to unity that is happening in our country, I want to give a call to unify with your brothers and sisters in Christ. And that does not mean meeting them in the middle. Because if they are the kinds of people who say things like, well, you know, let's just stay out of this stuff and not fight and you know, we don't want to, we, we want to turn the other cheek and we want to be weak because that's what Jesus was. Jesus was a weakling, not true. Then you cannot meet them in the middle because that's not what unity is. You need to bring them to you. You need to exhort them by the name of your Lord Jesus Christ that they agree with scripture You cannot meet them in the middle, even if they consider themselves brothers or sisters in Christ. You need to bring them to the truth. And only then can we have true unity. The unity that God is building through the church that he started since before the beginning of time. Read Ephesians. The kind of unity that the world is espousing is not true unity, but the unity that God is building is true unity, and the only way to achieve that true unity is through the love of God and the true and sometimes fierce love of people. 